Good morning, class. Good morning, Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, God does not ordain failures and defeats. Uh, sometimes people... They imagine, you know, that everything that happens is somehow God, and it must be God if it happened. But no, God is not controlling everybody and making people do things against their will. And because of that, uh, people are ignoring Him, people are disobeying, people are going their own ways, doing their own things. And as a result, a lot of failures, a lot of defeat a lot of tragedies, but that's, uh, that's not the plan of God. That's not the will of God. The scripture says, you know, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. Uh, 1 Corinthians talks about uh, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John talks about that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Uh, those that have believed on Jesus, those that have received salvation and been born again, you are made an overcomer. Your, your spiritual makeup, your spiritual DNA, if you will, is that of a victorious one, that of more than a conqueror, that of one who wins. Everybody say it out loud, I'm born of God. That makes, me an overcomer. that makes me an overcomer. I am, I am a, winner, a winner, a victorious one, a victorious one in, Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, my Lord. My Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Well, let's pray and release faith to build up in that faith today. Lord, all of us, everybody in the class, everybody joining us from all over the world, we agree together as touching this, asking you for anointing, asking you for utterance, asking you for revelation, guidance, direction, answers, understanding, as only you can give it. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you look please in Hebrews, the third chapter, we're continuing in our study uh, that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. In Hebrews, the third chapter, verse 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. 
So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning, beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now, we've been on this for some uh, some weeks now, and if you haven't uh, been with us from the beginning, go online, faithschool.org, and look at the series, uh, Overcoming Unbelief, and you can go back to the beginning of this, and it'll help you, because we keep building on the previous lessons. But what we've seen is with this passage, and particularly in 1 Corinthians 10, these in the New Testament, warning us about what happened to that first generation of uh, Israelites that God delivered out of Egypt. He had a plan for them, and it was a good plan, marvelous plan. How many believe God is a good God, and He has a good plan? But just because He has a good plan for you, uh, that doesn't mean you'll automatically enjoy it. And that's, that's the tragedy we saw with these people. Uh, if you go on reading the next chapter, the fourth chapter here, he talks about that the, that plan was purposed of God before the foundation of the world. It was not something God thought of last minute or that he was, God's not fickle and changing his mind back and forth and uh, no, he, it was his will to deliver them out of Egyptian bondage and bring them uh, quickly, shortly, into Canaan's land, which he said was a land he had personally picked out for them, where that they would experience, you talk about a, a contrast of going from being a slave to being somebody who has your own land, your own house, your own vineyards and orchards and crops and herds, free and prosperous, is is a dream come true. But that whole first generation missed it. None of them enjoyed it. None of them lived and enjoyed one day in the promised land. And you can't say, well, you know, it just obviously wasn't God's will. No, it was God's will. For them to go into that and enjoy it and live there. But he could not convince them to trust him. And they, they never, even though they had many opportunities, they never got it settled that he could and would do what he told them that he would do. They absolutely refused to trust him. Now, uh, we see in verse 19 here, it says, they could not enter in because of unbelief. 
If you'd ask them why they couldn't go into Canaan's land, they had a list. It was the giants. It was the uh, superior uh, armies and uh, superior weaponry and chariots. It was the walled cities. They were outnumbered. They were outgunned. Uh, all of these things. But that's not true. That's not what kept them out. Because when the younger, the next generation came up, they faced the same cities, the same walls, the same giants, the same armies, and they overcame them. They, they, they won the battles. They went in. They possessed the land, proving that their fathers and grandfathers could have. So what kept them out, class? Unbelief. Unbelief is about the worst thing that could happen to you in life and in eternity. What's going to keep people out of heaven? Huh? People say, well, there's sin. No, that ain't true. Because Jesus has paid for the sin. Is that right? He paid for all the sins. All the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future, were laid on him. He bore it. He paid for it. He was judged for it. So nobody can say, I missed heaven because of how bad my sin was. Nobody will ever be able to say that. So what will keep people out of heaven? A refusal to receive Jesus. A refusal to believe on him. To believe the gospel. Unbelief is what will keep people out of heaven. Can you see why I say it's about the worst thing that could happen to you? Right? Because I don't care what kind of situation you're dealing with. It's not too big for God. Is that right? God can get you out of anything. He can get you through anything, anything you need. He can get to you. But what if you won't believe him? What if you refuse to listen to him? What if you reject what he says? What if you won't obey him? Well, then you put yourself in a place where God himself can't help you. You say, can't, Brother Keith? Yeah, because the only way he could help you would be to override your will and make you do something against your will. He's not going to do that. That would violate his word. I'm not saying he doesn't have the power to do it, but he's not going to violate his word. That'd make us into something other than a human being. We'd just be a puppet. No, unbelief is evil. Notice he mentioned that phrase, evil heart of unbelief. This is what I call unpersuadableness. Unpersuadable unbelief. Now, go with me, if you would, to 1 Timothy, or they'll uh, put it up on our amazing uh, chalkboard that writes by itself. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.13, 1 Timothy 1.13, Paul says, who was formerly Saul, who persecuted the church, he said, I was before a blasphemer and a persecutor, and injurious. But I, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. See, there's more than one kind of unbelief. Here is obviously what's, uh, you know, ignorant unbelief. Unbelief because of what you don't know. And see, that's a different heart from somebody who does know. You just can't 
convince them. They, they won't allow themselves to be persuaded. We saw in Hebrews 3.12, he said, Take heed lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. He, talk, he kept talking about don't harden your heart. Remember how many times he said that? Harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. That's how you get to the place where you're unpersuadable. You hear it. You know it. And you decide not to. And in order to be in unbelief, this unpersuadable unbelief, there has to be an element of dishonesty. Are y'all with me, class? An element of dishonesty. Go with me over to Romans 1, and, and I'll, I'll show you what we're talking about. Um, with God, it's always about the heart. Always. Not, not just about the head. And, and faith is not of the head. You don't believe God with your head or with your intellect or with your reasoning. Faith is of the heart. Romans 10 says, for with the heart man believes. And faith or believing is a choice. You get to a place where you hear something, you know something, you understand something, and then you make a choice whether you believe it or whether you don't. And God will not override our choice. And the scripture says the just shall live by faith. What does that mean? Well, you live the justified ones, the ones that are doing it right, the ones that are received the Lord and walking with him. They are making the right choice all through the day and all through the night. So you and I, will make multiple choices today about what we believe and what we don't. And when it comes to this ungodly world, you better choose not to believe, right? Most of what you hear, because it's coming from wrong influences. You should not be gullible and, and believe everything you hear. I, I'm surprised sometimes. And people are telling me something like it's true, and I'm saying, well, where did you hear that? On the internet. Well, then it must be true, right? <laughs> on, on the news. You wish they would vet stuff, but I have seen on national news them announce things and say things that I happen to have privy information about and knew it was absolutely not true. Never heard anybody vet it. Or correct it. So when it comes to stuff you hear around here in the world, you better be slow to believe. Is that right? Your initial response is, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> right? I don't care who it is or who said it because human beings can be wrong. But when it comes to the Lord, when it comes to His Word, it's a pre-vetted. Huh? It is multiple confirmed. It is forever settled. Hallelujah. In heaven. And heaven and earth will pass away, but it will never pass away. So when he tells you something, 
You want to be quick to make that choice. Is that right? To believe. Say it out loud, class. When it comes to the Lord, everything He says, I choose to believe it. I'm quick to believe it. I'm quick to obey it. Amen. That's the kind of people that get miracles. That's the kind of people that get answers. But, uh, you know, many people have it completely turned around. They are quick to believe junk and lies and slow to believe God. Just, yeah, yeah, I know all them scriptures are in there, but I just don't know. Well, you're slow to believe. And you keep hardening your heart like that, it'll get harder and harder. You get to the point where you are absolutely unpersuadable. It wouldn't matter what you saw, what you heard, how many times God confirmed it. He will never make you believe. And that's what we see with these folks that were delivered out of Egyptian bondage, that first generation. They had every opportunity to believe. And they wouldn't. They would not. That's why he says, uh, don't let this same thing happen to you. Don't let that evil heart of unbelief that they developed, don't let that happen to you. Don't harden your heart when it comes to the things of God. There will be in this life things you don't understand. And it'll try your faith. And time, the passage of time, can try your faith and your patience. One of the biggest trials of your faith is when you don't understand. Lord, why did, did this happen? Why didn't this, why did this not happen? And why hasn't this already happened yet? These are the things that'll try your faith. But you've got to make a choice, right? Uh, is God a good God or not? Is he faithful or not? And I have found in my few years of walking with the Lord, that every time when I didn't understand something, but I stayed hooked with him, that in the process of time, when I did find out why, I was like, oh, no wonder. And it was never God letting me down. Never. It was never me just waiting on God for no reason. It was never him putting me off. It was never, it was always either myself or somebody else not listening, dragging their feet, disobeying any number of things. But I have found that scripture was right. Yea, let God be true and every man a liar that he may be justified when he is judged. And, if you, and even though you don't know the answer yet, you can make that choice and take that position that, well, I don't know why this or why not this, but I know this. God's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's never let me down. He's never let you down. And He's never will. So I am going to stay with Him. It's kind of like when uh, Jesus preached that message on uh, eat my flesh and drink my blood. 
and thousands of his supporters and followers left. And he looked at the disciples. He said, are y'all leaving too? And uh, Peter said, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Where are you going to go? There is nowhere else to go except into failure and destruction. And you will find, I, I, I'm, I'm just sure that after we get out of this life and we get to heaven, I think for the next hundred years at least, every once in a while we'll just go, oh, oh, no wonder. Okay, <laughs> right? Then we go, oh, I see now. And how many believe that every time you go, oh, you're going to see God was good. He was faithful. He was more gracious than you'd have asked him to be. Hmm? How many believe that? He was more merciful. There's just a lot we don't know. There's just so much. We're so young. We're so inexperienced. And there's just so much we haven't understood. But the Lord allows, um, you know, us to be in some of these situations where we don't understand because that's the only way you're really going to have a chance to demonstrate that you do trust him. If you say, well, no, I got to understand this before I'm going to trust you. Well, no, you just said, I don't trust you. I only trust what I understand. But if you do trust him, you trust him without understanding, before understanding. You trust that He is good. He is faithful. Come on, everybody said out loud, I've made my choice. I believe in my God. He's a good God to me. He's a faithful God to me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never fail me. I have faith in the faithful God. Oh, hallelujah. That will get you through the toughest places in this life. It will. You look up through your tears. You look up through your lack of understanding. You look up through the pressure and you say, God, I don't understand all this. But I trust you. I trust you in life. I'll trust you with my last breath. I trust you. And you do that, he will see you through. He will bring you through. And in the end, you'll be so glad you stuck with him. Hallelujah. He always causes us to triumph. Can you say amen? He always. In Romans 1, we, we mentioned going to, it says, verse 19, that which may be known of God is manifest in or to them, for God has showed it to them. This is talking about people that have rejected him, unbelievers. For, verse 20, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, and professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. I'd mentioned that this unpersuadable unbelief, this is unbelief that has seen and knows some things, but refuses to be convinced. 
of, of God, what he said. I said, there's an element of dishonesty in that. And you see that described in this passage. He talks about people that have rejected God. And he says that when they knew God, they didn't acknowledge him as God. And they weren't thankful. Now that word uh, knew him, that doesn't mean that they were saved and walked with God and had fellowship with him. They recognized God. But they didn't acknowledge him. Uh, and that's why in Hebrews 3, he keeps, talk, keeps talking about don't harden your heart. Every human being that comes into the planet comes in innocence. And it doesn't matter if you were born into ten generations of idol worship where that 10 generations ago or 11 or 12 or whatever, somebody rejected God and replaced him with some stupid idol. And here you are, 10 generations later, born a baby into this family, and so everything you see and hear around you is anti-God, against God, lies, whatever. Even so, as a little child, Something in you knows there's a God. Hallelujah. And you know that he said here, he said the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. You hear people say ridiculous stuff like, there is no proof of the existence of God. What are you standing on? What are you breathing? And people say, well, you know, that's, that was from the Big Bang. What caused the Big Bang? Well, if you don't know, how do you know it wasn't God? At least you could say, I don't know. <laughs> but even a little child, before they learn to complicate things unnecessarily, their spirit's alive to God. And when they see the stars and when they see creation, even in its fallen state, everything is saying. The Bible said, uh, you know, God's handiwork declares his glory. And the stars and the sky and the oceans and the mountains are speaking. What are they saying? Somebody made me. And what you have to do is you have to suppress that and harden yourself against that or you receive it and act on it and believe it. And so if you, if you receive the Lord, then you're saved and you'll grow and learn and walk with Him. But if you reject it and push it down and harden your heart, and you keep doing that next year, and 10 years you keep doing that, you get to the place where you are unpersuadable. And that's the evil unbelief that kept them out of the promised land and even keeps people out of heaven. Said out loud, thank you, Father, that I am delivered from evil unbelief. I'm a child of yours. I believe in you. I trust you. And I will follow you, follow you. Always. always. I choose, I choose to, believe. to believe. 
Hallelujah. That's it for today. Our time is up, but there's a lot more. Come back tomorrow. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.